Good morning. Someone say Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to dismiss the Connect kids. At this time, you can go down and, uh, and have some fun as you prepare. You might do a little something for mom uh, today. And uh, oh, kids are great, I tell you. I miss, I miss little, little uh, Elliot this morning. Um, this morning, I have a message that I want to talk to you moms. I know being a mom um, can be tough, can be a challenge, especially today in the day we live in. And today it's for moms, and you know, in June we'll talk about dads. But I want to talk to you about Moses' mom, Jechebed. And she was an incredible woman, and every Mother's Day, it's now been three years since my mom has passed and took care of her for a long time. <coughs> And it was a joy. It was a complete joy. Now, was every day a joy? No, it wasn't. It was a challenge. But it was a good challenge. It was a wonderful challenge. And um, I was blessed to be able to, to just be there and help her along the journey. You know, when you look, about, when you look at moms, moms are quite, each one of you are different. And you need to be the best mom God's calling you to be. It's not, you're not supposed to be like this person. God's created you who you are. And as you get a hold of God, God will change your heart. And as he changes your heart, he'll line everything up. You know, uh, a teacher uh, that was teaching second grades, uh, the second grade, gave a lesson on magnets, all about magnets. Magnets, can't say a magnet. And, uh, and so he talked about what it does, how it, how it works and stuff. And so the next day she gave a pop quiz. And so the first question was this. What is, starts with the letter M, has six letters, what am I? 50% of the, and I pick up things, 50% of the class of the second graders said mother, not magnet. Because moms have a habit of picking up things, don't you? Come on, huh? Okay. Because you know if you don't pick them up, you're going to step on them in the dark. How many have ever stepped on a little uh, Lego? Hmm? And if you haven't, you'll never forget it. It's going to be a joy to your life. There's a, a teacher teaching the class math, and during the math, she was teaching fractions. And so she brought up a little boy and said, okay, Johnny, we're going to learn fractions today, and here's a pie, and the pie is whole, and we're going to cut it up in seven pieces, okay? And because you have seven people at your house, and it's going to be, you're going to have one-seventh of the pie. And he said, no, I'm going to have one-sixth. He says, no, Johnny, the whole pie is a whole, and we're going to cut it up in seven pieces, one for everybody in your family, and that means you're going to get one-seventh of the pie. And little Johnny says, no, not true. And the, the teacher finally said, well, how come? Because you don't know my mother. She's going to say she doesn't want the pie so that we can have a bigger piece. When I was younger, we fought about how big the pieces of pie or cake was and that my brothers always got a bigger piece. And then my mom had to be justifier and try to give us a little bit more slivers until everybody was happy with the piece they got. Now, I'll be honest with you. My piece was just as big as my brother, but I just was trying to get a little bit of piece. 
like any other kid. Abraham Lincoln, an incredible man, if you really study him, and the amount of failures and the hardships he went through, and all as well as the victory and the imprint that he had, said this, no one is poor who has a godly mother. He went on to say, I remember my mother's prayers, and they have followed me. They have clung to me all my life. All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel, my mother. I don't know if you know this or not, but the woman who made a difference and that brought Mother's Day to the equation was a woman named Anna Jabez. Anna Jabez was really close to her mother, and when her mother passed, she wanted to do something special for her mother, and so she gave out carnations and for everybody that was at the viewing and the funeral, and because carnations was her mother's favorite flower. It wasn't until sometime down the line that 1914, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday as being Mother's Day. Now, I recognize this. I've been in ministry for a long time, and I recognize that not every person has a great example or has good memories. Sometimes there's some been problems with the parents and, and, the, and the children have looked at these days, Mother Days and Father Days, as not good days. They don't see them as something to celebrate because they experience pain. I want to tell you something. I've been on both sides of the fence, and I'm going to tell you something. God wants to be your all in all. And I believe that whatever you go through, it can make you better. It's up to you of how, what you want to look at. You can look at the negative and what didn't happen, and you can curse that and say, oh, but, oh, boy, I didn't. Or you can learn from that and become better. Someone say better, not bitter. And so I want to encourage all of you that we need to really see it from a perspective. God has given moms and dads to guide the children. That's the order in which. And we are not to become best friends with our children. We are to lead them. I was not my kid's best friend, but I wanted to be there for them. I wanted to teach them. Now, when it came out and sharing life together, that happened, but it flowed out of them knowing that, hey, I cared. I want to teach them for their future because their future, they were going to be raising up kids. They were going to make an impact. They would have to be on their own. They were going to have to recognize that life can be tough and, and we need the Lord to be our strength. And it's great to have Aaron with me and uh, we'll get together with David this afternoon. They're the only two we have in the area. One of the guys suffering in Hawaii and the other one's suffering in New Hampshire. And uh, so it, it makes it a little bit Distance can be, but if you have your family with you today, I want you just to enjoy the moment, enjoy the day. Every day, every day is to make a memory, but to put your mind on who is in the house. Amen. You know what I'm trying to say? Jesus has to be in the house because if you get him first in your heart and life, he will help you in everything, even in your experience that you have. Not every experience that I grew up with my parents was good. I was a tough kid to raise up. I got into trouble. I got bad beatings. And my dad knew how to give them. So I understand both sides of the fence when I felt things were just and things were not just. 
but parents are not perfect. Someone say amen. If you run into a perfect parent, you're not part of this world. We are people who are trying to be better every single day. And even if your kids are raised, that does not mean that you're not still trying to be better. Amen? I am still trying to be better than I was when I was younger. I just want to keep growing as a person. And I want to just say this. I say this before every message when I do speak on Mother's or Father's Day, is that there's plenty of children out there today who don't have a mom or a dad. Or they don't have a mom and a dad that's playing the part of a mom and dad. And just because you can make a baby doesn't make you a mom. And just because you make a baby doesn't make you a dad. Because you, you being able to biologically produce a child is not what motherhood and fatherhood is about. It's about the nurture. It's about the love. It's about understanding the big picture of what this world's about and how we are to influence and help them and be there and teach them. Here it goes in the ways of the Lord. Because it doesn't make a difference how wonderful they are. If they, God's not at the center of it, it's all going to come to naught. What if a man gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? He gains absolutely nothing, the Scripture says. I lived many years without the Lord. But when God changed my life, first kept me alive many, 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 many times, and then I finally come to an understanding. I want you to understand that you can make a difference in a child today, and maybe your kids are older, or, or maybe you, ha you don't have any children. That doesn't mean that you can't come alongside of a child and raise them up. That does not mean you cannot come across a child and be a spiritual mom, a spiritual dad, a spiritual grandmom, or a spiritual grandfather. You know what? You can make a difference. And for those where the kids are older, don't think your time's up. No, you can impact. You have knowledge. You have, you have help. You can help someone to get to the next level. Care and share simply because you love. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to you about Moses' mom a little bit this morning. And um, I, want, I want you to understand that the Hebrew word for mother is ame. Amen. And you have to know that moms play a big part, just as well as dads do. God's created two different, call it entities, that come to one. But the meaning in the Hebrew simply means that the bond of the family. And sometimes it is the woman that kind of bonds the family together. Sometimes it can be a man, but for the most Majority, it is, is the mom. And it also means, um, ame means it is a force that strengthens or holds together. I, I, want you to, I want you to understand that when things are tough, don't give up. When things are tough, don't give up. Look at your neighbor and just say that. When things are tough, don't give up. I believe in firmly that if you don't quit, you're going to win. Win is don't quit and quit is... Don't win. And I want you to encourage you today because Jacobad had it rough. And if you think life is rough now, trust me, America is going to be changing quite crazily in the next 10 years, probably even sooner than that, that you're not even going to recognize it anymore. Trust me. There's some major life changes happening for everybody. It's crazy, but this is all part of what Scriptures has told us for years and years. I used to study it, study it, study it, saying, how is it going to happen? Now I see it. It's all in place. It's crazy. But So things are going to get tough. But Jacob had it tough, 
And so if you have it tough, this is what we have to lean on the Lord. Let the Lord be your strength. Someone may say amen. You see, we got to go back to the descendants of Jacob. The descendants of Jacob was only 70 when they came into Egypt. Only 70. Joseph was there as second highest ruler in Egypt. And there was famine everywhere. And God caused him great pain to put him in a place that he would save the nations. And Joseph raised up and saved the nations as well as his own father, the Israelites. And so God then caused the people to grow, used Egypt to incubate his people so his people would one day raise up. And I want you to understand something, that the way God works sometimes is strange. You can see it sometimes. You're like, God. We talked about the pieces of puzzles the other day. That every time we get a piece of puzzle, we don't know what it looks like. It looks different. You say, God, what's this piece all about? It don't make sense. No, it only makes sense when you take it the piece and put it to another piece and to another piece. And before you see what God's trying to do in you and through you, you have to be patient. Look at your neighbor and say, be patient. God's still working. You see, here's Joseph and all his brothers, and now they're in Egypt. But Joseph dies, his brother dies, the leadership dies, and a king rises up and doesn't even pay attention to Joseph, doesn't even care much about Joseph anymore. And so now this new king now starts to oppress the Israelites because they are too many. And, he, and the king says, if they rise up during war, they will defeat us. We need to put them under oppression so that they are weak. And that's exactly what happens. And then they start killing all the males and just allowing the females to live. And so the king, the pharaoh, gives orders for the midwives to kill the boy. But the midwives fear God, and they don't kill him. And this is where it brings us to the point. God blessed the midwives because of their fear of the Lord. And this brings us to a godly woman named Jochebed, who really had a baby in the most craziest hard time and yet God worked out a plan. Look what it says here in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22. Then Pharaoh gave this order, after nothing else would work, to all his people. Every boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile and let every girl live. That means that every mom, if you had a boy, that boy was going to be taken away. Or you had to do it yourself. You had to throw him into the Nile where the alligators would eat them or they would drown. This is how terrible of a thing it was to be pregnant at that time and day. Now, get me wrong here, and I'm not going to get too harsh on this, but I worked for the pregnancy center. I've been on the board for the pregnancy center for many, many years, and we, we're not no guilty today in what happens to babies in our nation. These are babies. These are life. And it's sad to see 60 million babies. But I want you to understand something. This is not new underneath the sun. And that was what the king rose up. Throw them all in a Nile. But there was a woman named Jochebed. And I want you to take you to the story here in chapter 2, verse 1. Now a man in the house of a Levite married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was fine, a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could not hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed a child in it 
and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Verse 9. Pharaoh, a daughter, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I want you to recognize something here. This is really important here, is that let's just look at the aspect of verse 1 and 2. Well, this aspect here, first of all, is she had a baby where she had to take it. Could you imagine being pregnant and knowing the ultimate was going to take place as soon as your baby was born. I want, you to, I want you to get the culture she was living in. And yet, I want you to understand something. Even though she was living as a slave, even though things were not where she wanted it, she still was serving God. I get the chance to see a lot of stuff. I get to see miracles. I get to see God's intervention. I get to see some great stuff. But I also get to see a lot of sad stuff. That as soon as God doesn't work the way that, he, that we think he should work and he does it different, we cop attitudes. Like we understand what God understands. We're finite. You know what that means? We don't understand much. And whatever things you do understand a lot in, that's one area of one thing compared to all the areas in this world. We don't know a lot. But we act like we do. That's what amazes me sometimes. And when things take place that we don't understand, instead of recognizing and saying, okay, God, your ways are higher than my ways, as high as the heavens from the earth, so your ways higher than my ways. Lord, I'm going to trust you in this process because I don't know. And that's the best answer. I don't know. Why don't we practice? I don't know. But I'm going to trust him anyhow. Because this is exactly what she had to do. And you understand here is that Jacob had loved for Moses, this little baby that she bore was greater than the king's edict. That king's law. Because if you defy the law, guess who's in trouble? Guess not just you, but your whole family. This is not something to mess around with when you try to break the law. But it's amazing how she was willing to say, you know what? There's something about this child that is special. The, the word, the Hebrew word there is, it actually means godly. And I don't know how this, I don't know how she sensed it. But I no doubt God was doing something in her heart. And no matter what you're facing, whatever thing you're facing, can I just encourage you to get some room to let God in? You try to do it on your own, you're going to mess it up. You will mess it up. You know why? Because whenever we take things and do it our own, our way, or what we think, I'm telling you, we are professional, us, human, us humans, are messing things up because we just take the bull by the horns and we say, okay, we're going to go. We're doing, you know. Listen, she 
was staying steady to God even when it was difficult. Now a man in the house of Levi married a Levite woman. When she saw that he was fine child, she hid him for three months. Can you imagine hiding a child for three months? Um, baby cries, doesn't he? Yeah. And when the baby cries in the house, everybody knows that the baby's crying. Could you imagine how many other people would squeal on you because you kept your baby, your baby and you didn't do what you're supposed to do when I did what I was supposed to do? Problematic, isn't it? But she kept this baby for three months and everything was going well until she really realized that she couldn't keep him no more. She had to do something. No doubt, no doubt, her love for her child, and I have seen this, I have seen moms forsake what they need to make sure the child has what they need. I have seen this over and over again. I have seen what moms will do because what? Love does. That's why. And I, I tell kids all the time, I don't care how old they are, older or younger, that you know what? Sometimes the way they treat their moms are disrespectful. And I'm right there to say, you know what? In all of the challenges that I had with my own mom, I never disrespected her in my attitude, in my verbiage. And if I did and she called me on it, I would apologize for how I responded to her but my, what I said was truth. You can say truth without an attitude. Hello. You, it's only when your anger gets ahead of you that that's when your attitude gets. Because we get so frustrated. But I'll tell you one thing. You only have, say, listen, you only have them with you for so long, and then they're gone. It's a big deal. I, I'm at a lot of funerals. I, I, I see full circles. I see babies come in, and I see babies grow up. I saw my babies grow up. I see some of you guys grow up. Look at Alfred. He's going to be having a kid pretty soon, too. And I remember him. I was seeing some pictures of you, man, when you were a little Todd. <laughs> and Al, you were much younger. <laughs> but you're still young. You know, Al, you look like Moses. <laughs> Let my people go. <laughs> You see, Jacobed, she really had a love for her, her, her son, and she was willing to defy the edict. I think this is important for all of us to understand. She thought of her baby over herself. She became selfless. And moms, God has placed that in you. But if it's not in you, maybe you need to adjust that. And children, youngsters, and older children, be careful how selfish you become. Because usually there's a lot of sacrifice that brought you to this destination. If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, he did not get there by himself. Hebrews 11.23 says, By faith, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. This is in Hebrews. In the faith chapter, these, these parents made the faith chapter. Can you believe it? It's awesome. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. They were not afraid of the king's edict. When you really love, that's all you care about. I think that's how we all should be. We should, our love should be really, what we do is because we love. Jesus did what he did because he loves you. He loves you. Now, you may look in the mirror sometimes, and you may not feel love. You may not think you're loved. We all have moments like that. 
But can I remind you today is you need to start thinking what God says, not what you say. God is the opinion that I would think I would lean on. Our opinion is like the water. It, it flows here and there. But God is the rock. And what God says about you is incredible. When you make him your savior, there's a relationship. It's a beautiful thing. So we see that Jacob had great love for Moses. What else can we can see here? Jacob trusted God, leading in difficult times. I think this is important. You can have difficult times. Are you going to trust God when it's difficult? Or are you going to say, complain and say, why God? Why me? I get a lot of phone calls sometimes and different things happen. And, and the why question comes up frequently. Hey, how come this happened? And this is what I tell them. It's really profound. You should catch this. Write this one down. I don't know. But what you need to do is hang on to God. That's relationship. Relationship does not quit when it gets tough. True relationships, when it's tough, two people work at it and, and, and suck it up, buttercup, and get going. That's what true, that's what true love does. Now, if true love's not there, then there's going to be problems. Jochebed trusted God, leading in difficult times. Look what happens in, say, verse 3. But when she could hide him no longer, she got the papyrus, papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch, and she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds in the bank of the Nile. I want you to understand this. She had to put her baby that she loved in a basket. They made all kinds of things out of papyrus. They, they put the scriptures on it. They made baskets. I mean, it, it just has so many uses. And they put the tar on it so that it was now just like they did in the ark. And in a sense, there's a lot of comparisons and typology between Moses' basket and the ark. But I want you to understand something. This mom had to trust God with her child. That's why we dedicate a child. You know why we dedicate a child? Because we don't have full control of that child. We say, God, this is your child. He's yours. You've given to us as a gift. A child is a gift. Um, we're giving them back to you that you may do what you want to do in them and through them. Protect them and help them. Rise up good kids around them. Rise up good friends. God, we're going to give them to you because he's your gift you've given to us. When, um, <clears throat> when I had kids with a Statue of Liberty with a little girl, <laughs> seems so long ago. How old are you now, Aaron? 37? Oh, five. Easy. <laughs> and, um, you know, I remember, of course, me being a dad, I dedicated my kids probably more than once to the Lord. I prayed for them every single day of my life. Because I wanted them to do well, and I'm so proud of each one of them. They're special, unique. They're all different. They're all, that's what makes it so beautiful. But the dedication is I was very serious about the dedication because I knew that, God, they're yours. They're a gift. And if I could have done anything different, I probably would have had four more. I, was, I, would, I, I just think kids are great. Love kids. You know, they grow up so fast. But Jochebed here is in difficult times, and she's about to place her child in this basket that she made, and she has to trust the Lord. I want you to get the, the brevity of this. I want you to understand, uh, men and, and, and women of God, to trust God's not easy. 
There's a world that just wants to diss God. Well, that's okay. They can. God's given them volition. They can choose whatever. But the evidence of God's existence is here. Romans 1 says we're all without excuse. Everything that God has created shows that there is an intelligent design. And God says man, humanity is without excuse because everything that he has created shows that God has created all things. It's amazing how I got a watch here on there. I would never say that just happened. I woke up the other day and a watch was on my wrist. You tell me something in this world other than God that people just say just happens. Hey, I'm walking down the road the other day in a barn. Just, just, got, just happened. Everything. We don't, do, we don't say that anything, but we want to do that about God. It's a, it's a scapegoat. It's what it is. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Man, you have so many systems in you, and if one system is not right, it affects every other system. You are so incredible. How you're created. And we're not talking about the animals and the star, the universe, the fish. I mean, all of the complexities that's out there. Man, woman of God, you are an incredible gift of God to all of us. I want you to get that. So she takes the baby and she places it in, in, in this basket and she has to believe in God's plan. Because if this doesn't work, my child's going to die. Or get eaten by the crocodiles in the Nile. Or he's going to drown. And don't think when she put that tar and pitch, I guarantee she did a couple coats. So it didn't get leaky. I don't think they did any flex seal on that. I want you to get this. She had to trust God with the plan. And I want to tell you something. I want to believe that, that, that God put this in her heart. She had to have faith. Because of what she does next. The baby is now floating in the Nile, and she says to Miriam, her eldest, go and follow the basket. And that's what happens. Look at here. Jacobet involves her daughter Miriam in God's plan. I 100% believe, 100 believe that God was speaking. God speaks. God talks. Yes, he does. The Bible says if you... To know his voice. You know, so many times people say they want to know the voice, but they spend all their time on, on the phone. Or they spend all their time, you know, reading something. Or they spend all their time doing all these things. And then say, I want to know God. You know how relationships thrive and drive? You know how they drive? They, do be, they, they thrive and drive because two people want to get to know each other. Do you know how long-term relationships happen? Because two people want to grow together. It's a choice that we make. The same thing with God. Remember, I, I give a lot of illustrations on how relationship works here. It makes a lot of how relationships works this way, vertical and horizontal. And so here her sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. Her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrews' babies. She said, listen, I believe that baby cried at the right time. Let me tell you something. I love babies crying. You're like, you do? I do. Let me tell you why. And having one of my children... Um, the baby did not cry for a long time. And everybody was going crazy inside the room. 
and nobody was crying. And I could tell by the doctors and the nurses, they were all like kind of frantic, like why is it this kid taking his first breath? And all of a sudden, I started to say, oh boy, and I started praying, and then I remember Paul asking, what's happening? And I said, nothing, dear, nothing, everything's going good. You know, they're just taking care of the baby, and I'm saying, dear God, will you help that kid breathe? After a long, long period of time, I finally heard, wah, 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 wah. And you know what I said? Lord, that's the most beautiful sound I have ever heard. I want you to tell us something. The other day I woke up to, a, to little Elliot crying in the morning. I haven't been woken up by a baby crying in a long, long time. I thought I was dreaming. I was like, like I must be dreaming. There's a baby. I'm with a baby. Some baby's crying. I realized, oh, I know who that crying's coming from. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So she involves a daughter. Now look what happens. This is where it changes here. Look what happened. Here in verse 4, Jochebed's faith brought her to an experience of God's plan. Verse 7, then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go get a Hebrew, Hebrew woman to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I want you to get this. Miriam confronts Pharaoh and says, hey, hey. She finds it. The baby cries just at the right time, tugs on the hearts, because God had closed the Hebrew women's wombs where they were not having children. God was bringing a judgment on all of the women but the midwives, because they blessed God, because they were not willing to do the command of the, the, command of, uh, the king, God opened their wounds, and they started having all these children. I want you to understand something. God brings this whole thing together. The baby cries. She sends the sister, Miriam, to go. She says, you want me to go get a mother? Yes. She's, here's the mother now taking care of her child, and she knows he is going to live. The very place that was going to kill him, God provided salvation through a basket, through a plan. You say to yourself, well, that's, that's one. Yeah, that is one. But that's one lady who is willing to go against the odds. You want to see God do some great things in your life? Do you really do? I'm going to say, then stop being close to God and do what he asks you to do. And when you go through a trouble, you go through a problem, stop pushing in and get to know God. Because I don't care what it is. And trust me, I have my fair share of struggles too. But I know the one in whom I believe. Don't get me preaching now because we'll go a lot longer. Because I can go. I know and I am persuaded that he's more than able to do all that needs to take place because he is not only God of, of all heaven and earth, but he's a great God who's working with us. But if you give God your attention, he'll help you how to raise up him. He'll help you to give the right decision at the right time. He'll give you wisdom. He'll heal you in your hurts. He'll help you when you don't know what to do because that's who God is. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. I hold on to that because I've gone through my fair share. I've been placed in situations that are beyond me. When everybody's looking to me to see what God will do. You have to depend upon God. God wants to do great work in you. Don't make him small. He's not no little G. 
He is the big G of heaven, big God, a big God who loves you. Jochebed now is offered money <laughs> to feed her own baby. She had a few years with Moses, and she hold on for a few years until the baby is finally weaned. We don't know exactly how old it was. Back then, it was a little different. But he was weaned for a few years. That She got the chance to hold her baby, have her baby. But even greater than that, Moses became an incredible, powerful vessel of God. That today, we have the laws of the land in every place of the world. We have the Ten Commandments that are the essential of how we are to live. It's amazing what God did in one vessel. Let me just close in, uh, with a couple things here. First, Jochebed had two great qualities as a woman of God. First, she possessed a love for God. You could tell that she loved God not when things were going easy. She's a slave. She's in a foreign land. She's under difficult circumstances. And now with these edicts of wanting to put her own baby to death, she is still trusting the Lord in a plan that is so hard to do, and yet she has to let go of the basket. Think about that. You, have to, you got your son, you got your daughter in the basket, and you have to let it go. Sometimes with our children, we have to give them to God and let them go. When I raised up my boys, I gave my boys to the Lord. I said, Lord, I've raised them up. Now you take over from here. And I'm there for them. Whatever they need, I'm there. However, God, you can do so much more in them and through them as they look unto you. She had this tremendous love for God. She was, she had a spiritual life. And she, no doubt, in a little bit of time, imprinted and impacted her son for the years that she did have before she had to turn him over to Pharaoh's daughter. I, I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say this again. Children are like wet cement. Whatever falls, them, them, falls on them imprints them for the rest of their life. Therefore, therefore, my P.S. onto that leave godly impressions. So important, so important. The second thing is that she had respect for human life. She had an overpowering love to preserve the life of her child. What a contrast we live in our world today. I know a lot of stuff on this information, and it, it saddens my soul. One of the greatest things we have as a people is our children. Our children. They're precious. They're precious. Hebrews 11 shares a little bit about Moses as he got older. And listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, 24 and 25. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I want you to get that. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy pleasure of sin for a short time. This is what's really important. Yeah, the scripture tells us how to raise children. I love this one here. This is 
This, these commandments I have given you today that are to be upon your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit home or when you walk on the road, when you lie down or when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. These are the phylacteries that you see that the Jewish people wear, the boxes on their hands or on their head. They have the scripture in them and they're always, and God says, share my word with your children so they may know me. Pass on. To the next generation what you know so they too can understand and have a relationship so so important ephesians chapter 6 children obey your parents and the lord for it is right honor your father and mother this is the first commandment with promise that it may go well with you and that you will live along in the land fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and the instructions of the lord or how about this one here I love this one, Proverbs 22, 6. We all know this one. Train up a child in the way it should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And the longer they depart from it, the more hassle and hardships they're going to invite in their life. It's just that it happens because they know better, but still are not yielding. And so all of the afflictions, afflictions are to draw you ever so close to God. That's what he did with his people, Israel. They wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen. Children of the Lord, God loves you. So today is Mother's Day. And I just want to remind each of you from my heart that you're a special gift. Even when you don't feel like it sometimes. Even when you feel like you're not loved. Even when you feel like the people that are supposed to love you don't exactly love you the way you would like to be loved. Can I tell you, kids or young people, if your mom is still living, I'm going to ask you to do this. Learn your mother's love language. If you're married, learn your wife's love language. How do they feel love? Because you may think buying a box of candy and some flowers is love. No, that's Valentine's Day. Learn the love language of a person. That's what's very, very important. And I go one step further. If you love the Lord, learn the love language of your God. So I wanted to say that each one of you make an impact on lives. And I want to challenge you that not only have impact on your own children, but there's other children that you can pick up along the way and love them and make a difference in them. Mom, never underestimate the power of prayer. Take everything to God. Choose to serve God. Let him be your first love. Let God be seen in you. Start a relationship with him. It's not so easy. It can start today. It's that easy. Because God's crazy about you just like you're crazy about your kids. Never get too busy for the things in life that are important. Life is tough. Sometimes life has a lot going on. Got to manage this and get this and manage that and do this. and it's, It can be a little bit. But stop and just ask yourself, what are my majors in life? What are the things that are most important that's going to produce the greatest amount of blessing or benefit for my children, for my family, 
and for my own life, then focus on those things. Be careful not to neglect the main responsibilities. And that would be God. God has to be important. He just can't be the guy in the sky, the big man upstairs. No, that's called a relationship. That's what God is. God is a relationship of love. And let the light of God's love shine in your light, in your heart, so that your children and your friends and your family see something special in you. You don't have to be like such and such because you're not called to be such and such. You're called to be you. Learn who you are and let God take you to a whole new you. I know that Jochebed's situation was tough. She was a slave. She's in a foreign land. Her son is under a death threat at birth. She has little finances. Yet Jochebed has a faith that we can all learn from. And she displays and teaches it to her children. All three of her children were great servants of the Lord. Miriam, great servant of the Lord. Aaron, a great servant of the Lord. The first one as the priest that would serve before God. And then Moses, a great servant of the Lord. She was one person. Mom, I know you're only one person, but you have a big God on your side. Don't try to take another avenue. Let God be God. He's the one that will help you, but you got to put him first. You do it in your own strength, in your own ways, and leave God out, you'll have the results of your own ways, your own plans, your own situations. But I can promise you, if you let God lead, he will help you. Can you close your eyes for a moment? I just want you to reflect a little bit on what we talked about today. Just a little bit about a life of one mother in the Bible that wasn't in good times. It was very difficult times. But her character that she has or had shined in her children even in difficult times. And she was willing to trust God even when she didn't understand. I don't know what you've been through, gone through, but I can invite you to one who knows what he wants to bring you to, and his name is Jesus Christ. With your eyes closed, if you died right now and you're not sure heaven's your home, I want you to make sure that heaven's your home. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, meaning our choices to sin brings death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And if you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to put God in your heart, in your life, so that he can help you, he can strengthen you, he can make you the woman of God he's already called you to be, or you a man of God that you're already called to be, this call goes out to all. If that's you and you say, yes, pastor, I really do want to make the Lord first in my life. With everybody's eyes closed, Christians pray. You just raise your hand right where you are, right where you are. Maybe online, just, just raise it. God sees it. God, that's the first thing to say, Lord, I've sinned. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life.
I choose you. If you're here today and that's something that you want to know and start a fresh encounter, fresh encounter with God, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Father, I just ask right now, it starts with yielding ourselves to you through relationship. May you touch those online and those here that they may know and have their sins forgiven by saying, forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry, I've done it my own way. I now want you to take full control of my heart and my life. Come into my life this day. I choose to live for you. I choose to get into your word so I may get to know the author of what you've given us, the scriptures. And so, Father, I pray right now, come into my heart. I know you died on the cross for me. On the third day, you rose, a dead, rose from the dead, defeating <laughs> sin, death, and the grave. And one day, I'm going to be with you in heaven, forever to be with the Lord. In Jesus' name, can you give God some praise in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.